Conroy. And I'm Vanessa Vitello. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the whole wide country. I almost said whole wide world, but... Which is also true. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, if it's the galaxy, then like... So that, that was, in our first episode, that was the, you know, the extrapolation I made. How many business associations that are statewide could there be outside of the United States of America? You're Thus, right. Right. by like default, Whole we are the world. largest in the country, we are the largest in the continent, we are the largest in the world, galaxy. I could make the claim for the universe, but you know, like, you really don't know what's out there. It's true. Yeah. Whole wide world. Whole Love wide it. world. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Better yet, just subscribe, and then I'll just be there. Shout out to NJBIA.org slash subscribe. I want to let you know how to do it. I should step on your line and not like no, follow it's fine. through. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you should follow through, but yeah. It's <laughs> Thank okay. you. I don't mind that you step on the line. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance. They provide home, auto, and workers' comp, and they're the official sponsor of the show, so check them out if you need some updated coverage. Okay, so with us today is Kelly Holland of Own Your Destiny. So Kelly, say hi, let the audience hear your voice. Hello everybody. Did you have any trouble finding us today? I did not. Well, there's a little construction outside. Yeah, if you yeah, listen really carefully, you can, hear you can probably yes. hear it going on. So that, that was a little bit, but I mean, yeah. compared to the normal New Jersey pitfalls, it was actually fine. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear. How long have you lived in New Jersey? 20 years, wow. and I'm still getting used to jug handles. Yeah, thank you. That was the first thing that tripped me up when I first moved to New Jersey. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, 25 years or something like that ago for me too, and I... I could not believe how terrible. I know. How terrible they are. I know. Have you heard of a rotary? I mean, Who thought of this? Can, have you heard of like just a green arrow? Like the, Also that. Yeah. I mean, it's just such an obvious solution. To, <laughs> I don't know why. Jump handle. Why? I agree. It's annoying. The circles I hate too. I have uh, a lot of those out by me. Circles are so stupid. Circles are the worst. And you know what? When people go through circles and they don't like signal, so I'm like mm -hmm. waiting to yield mm -hmm. and it looks like they're going straight and I should be fine to merge, but no, they're actually going to go around that circle you know without signaling. You really need ESP to drive in New Jersey. It's tough. <laughs> the closest we have is the GPS, and even that's not too helpful because you go into a circle and it's like take the third exit, and I'm like trying to count while I'm around. I know, like, while you're getting bombarded by shifting cars. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, is it's this one or is that one? You know, like, it's, it's terrible. Annoying. It yeah. is. It's super annoying. All right, well, now that we've. Uh, dumped all over New Jersey and its drivers. <laughs> New Jersey is amazing, by the way. I just want you to know. <laughs> it is amazing. We all live here. We love it, obviously. It's true. It's true. Um, all right. Today's icebreaker is, I know you're a reader. Mm -hmm. What is the best book that you read in 2019? And we we can go first if, if you need a minute to think. I don't. Oh. I don't. My favorite book of 2019 was The Overstory. And I'm trying to remember Ready. the author's name. Uh, I'm blanking on the author's name. It was a man. Uh, it is a 500-page novel, and it is about trees, believe it or not. Uh, it's fiction? Fiction. Okay. Uh, but it talks about this notion that is increasingly proving out scientifically that trees have ways of actually communicating and being in tree society together, if you will. So they can kind of, it's, it's, um, it's not actual speech, but it's communication. You know, I'm trying to remember the name the of the things from the Lord of the Rings that talk like one word an hour or something. I remember, <laughs> like 
it has to be very important for us to say it, you know. I don't no, You're both looking at me like, what? what's the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> no, I know the Lord of the Rings. Uh, the cool I don't know, it was this, this popular the... movie. It came out like 20 years ago. Or so. Okay, I think I've heard so, of it. Right. But it was this, it's this really neat story because not only is it, it's about this whole thing with trees, but it's also structured in such a way that it sort of starts out with these eight disparate stories about people, mm -hmm. and then they weave together, almost like the branches of a tree come together wow. into a trunk. And there's a lot of eco-terrorism and drama, and it's 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 a it's not like any other book. Wow, I've never heard of it, but I yeah. totally want to read it. Yeah. That sounds amazing. All right, Ben, what about you? Hmm, I don't know. I'm torn between A Clockwork Orange and Carrie. Wow. I really enjoyed the both of them this year. Clockwork Orange was really funny because um, in the beginning of the book, there's a, an introduction from the author, and I thought he was kidding at first, but he really hates the book. And, you know, you're like, ah, and as he keeps going, he, like, talks about, like, how it's one of those things where, you know, you do something successful and then nobody wants to hear anything else from you for the rest of your life except for that book, um. you know, and he, like, really bitterly hates it. So I thought that was really funny, you know, especially a really funny way to start the book. And, um, How much time had passed between when the book was published and when he wrote the introduction? Oh, I don't know. I should go look at that. Because I wonder... He didn't hate it right away. Like, nobody publishes a book that they no. hate. Yeah. Right. Although, right from the beginning, um, he had written the book, and overseas it was published unabridged. And here in America, they hacked off, like, the last chapter or two. Mm. And so he really hated that. He was like, that wasn't how I intended to end the book. So... Wow. So if you've only seen A Clockwork Orange, the movie, the movie also has the American ending. So little like teaser there, go read the book. You might even like see a little bit more. Hmm. Yeah. And Carrie was really fun too. Uh, I like How different is the book from the movie? Carrie? Yeah. Because um, I saw the movie and I loved it, even though it was very disturbing. I, I feel like I would have to spoil it in order to do it. Fine. You know, it's been like, what, 50 years since Carrie Spoilers came out? Spoilers are, you know, like, yeah, I think yeah. it's fine. She kills a considerably larger number of people <laughs> in oh, the book. Oh, like everybody movie. at the dance? Like in the movie, I, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, she keeps it to just the people in the dance. In the book, she goes scorched earth on the whole town. Really? Yeah, Whoa. it's like everybody living in this town, you know, if I can get some people out of town, like... Yeah. So in the movie, she kills a lot of people, but the, the not the star, because Carrie was the star, but the blonde girl, the girl who should have been the star, the okay. cheerleader type, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. at the very end, she's walking through the graveyard, sort of paying her respects, mm -hmm. and and then Carrie's hand comes through the, yeah. right? So not everybody dies because she lived, obviously, if she was at the prom, and then sure. she made it, made it out alive somehow. Yeah. Scorched Earth on the whole town? Yeah, and actually the, the book takes place after the fact. It's kind of a, um, it uses like newspaper clippings and interviews with survivors or interview uh, witnesses mm. to kind of like call the story together. So, yeah. Interesting. Can you drink some of your water? Like every time I move this table, I'm really worried that it's gonna sure, spill man. out over this beautiful you mug. You too, yeah. own a mug like this. <laughs> but yeah, it was great. How about you? Um. I'm not done with it yet, but the best book that I read in 2019 is, a, it's called Patrick Melrose, and it's by a guy named Edward St. Aubyn, mm -hmm. A-U-B-Y-N, and it is, um, it's about this man's life, Patrick Melrose, and it's four, no, sorry, five mini novels, and each novel is one day in his life. Hmm. 
and he has a really difficult, disturbing childhood. He's got an abusive father and a mother who's an alcoholic and kind of checked out because he, the father is abusive and she doesn't know how to cope with it. Um, so the first book is One Day in the Life of Five-Year-Old Patrick, and then book two is One Day in the Life of Mid-20s Patrick, and he's not doing well, he's not coping well given his traumatic upbringing. And then book three is One Day in the Life of Mid-30s Patrick, where he's kind of cleaned up his life a little bit and he's trying to figure out what comes next. And they're they're disturbing, but they're so well written, and you're really rooting for him even when he's making terrible choices. It's really good, Patrick Melrose, and I think Showtime is doing um, a show starring um, what's the guy with the cheekbones, Sherlock Sorry. Holmes, um, Sherlock Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, starring him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I I don't have Showtime, but I'm. Thinking about subscribing for a weekend just to get <laughs> just to, to watch exactly. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that was the best one that I've read. Awesome. Yeah, it is. All right, so Kelly, tell us about Own Your Destiny. Yeah, Own Your Destiny is a company that I started two years ago, and what we do is uh, help women stop feeling bad about money, about how they deal with money. So I help women with their mindset about money and building confidence, then they build capability because I provide financial education. And then if they want continuity, I can send them out into the world with a partner in the form of a financial advisor. So I do all of this work. That's the process that I go through when I do individual coaching. But then I also give talks on money confidence and money capability. And then I also, in a corporate setting, will do trainings and workshops and, and employee assistance with financial wellness. That's awesome. I read an article yesterday that said 61% of women would rather talk about their own deaths than money. That killed me. Yeah. Then with who? Anybody. Other women, anybody. Yeah. They would rather talk about their women own... Women hate to talk about money. Yeah. In what way? Um, so the premise, or, or one of the points of the article is that um, if I tell you, I'm going to pull a number out of the sky, if I told you that I make $35,000 a year, you, I believe that you would make judgments about my level of education, how smart I am in general, how prepared I am in, in life, mm. what my prospects are for the future, um, and the more information that I give you, the more you're going to judge me. So if I make $35,000 a year and I have, say, $15,000 in retirement savings, I believe that you're going to think, wow, she's what is she doing with her life? Right. right. Conversely, if I were to say, if you were to add a zero to, to those two numbers, or a couple zeros, if I make $350,000 a year, I believe that you are going to think to yourself about me, wow, she's totally sold out. She probably works for some evil corporation, and, and she's just making terrible choices for the environment and for her children and for the future, and she probably drives a terrible gas-guzzling car. Like, these are the you things You walk around with a lot of stuff, like, just swimming around up there all day, don't you? Well, it's, I think <laughs> not just what it is. is that a lot of women equate money with judgment, a judgment right. of value. And mm. if they feel bad about how they deal with money, then they feel that that's a reflection of themselves and their own failings. And men don't respond, I, I mean, I'm generalizing here, but men are less likely to respond that way. Right. Men are more likely to externalize the things. So if they, for example, if men feel short of cash, you know, if money's tight, they'll think, oh, well, my boss stiffed me on the last raise, what an idiot. Whereas women. a woman might think, 
It's me. Ugh, I just, I'm terrible with money. Why can't I keep a handle on this? Why do I feel so overwhelmed with this? Something's wrong with me. Yeah, it's like coming at it from a place of scarcity. Exactly. Versus coming at it from a place of abundance. And insecurity and guilt. I mean, I will yeah. tell you that every single one of my coaching clients at one time or another has said to me, what's wrong with me? Wow. Every single one. Hmm. That's terrible. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with them. No. Nobody's born financially literate. No. And it's not um, like somebody sits you down in high school and says, here's well, what... Well, actually... Wouldn't that be a actually, smart thing to do, though? <laughs> well, actually, the New Jersey schools do... The uh, public schools do require financial do? education, but it's district by district as to how seriously it's yeah. offered, how seriously the kids take it. I will tell you that at Montclair High, it's kind of... The kids consider it a joke. I mean, I know the administration cares, but I think a lot of the kids just feel like, oh, okay, I'll get it done. Yeah, it's an easy A because it's mm. whatever. I just, they give me the information, I spit exactly. it back at them. Should be a requirement. I took pre-calc in high school and I haven't used that since. Thank you. you. Know, I don't even think I used it then, let alone it's since. It's so true. I mean, I've but. worked with, every year I, I sit down with the senior girls at Kent Place School and I help them. I do a workshop for the girls there mm -hmm. about money. And I've had girls ask me questions once they start feeling comfortable sort of ex admitting what they don't know mm -hmm. say just can you please just explain how a checking account works wow. which isn't it's not because they're bad or careless it's because no one's born knowing that yeah. and if no one's talked to them about these things yeah. then where are they supposed to learn it's true and i feel like the more in that's i'm sorry that's not a knock on kent place school i mean these are no. superbly educated young women are. i think that's <laughs> why it's so shocking is that these girls come, come out and they're proficient in Calc 3 or what have you, mm -hmm. but, but these basic life things are, you know, thankfully the school provides it to them, but they're not, but without that, they would walk out the doors great at Calc 3, but maybe having no idea how to treat a credit card safely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think that the, the deeper into the industry you go, the, the, the more the jargon is. And so for yes. those of us who are not in the industry, I can remember sitting through networking events where accountants would say, hey, my name is so-and-so. And in their 30-second commercial, they would include the fact that they have their class 7 or class whatever. Right. I didn't know what that meant. But it means that they're also a certified financial advisor or planner, and they could do, like, so they can be your accountant, and they can also help you with your firm. But they could have just said that. They could have just said that, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant, and it's not because I'm uneducated. No. It's because mm -hmm. nobody ever told me. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, a lot of jargon. Yeah, the jargon kills me. Yeah. Especially, so I think we all have a 401k at this point or a Roth IRA. We're all trying to do better and save or whatever. The jargon in, in that, oh oh my God, somebody, um, oh God, I can't remember where I heard the term, but it was a target date fund. Yeah. Right. So once somebody explained what that meant, it made sense that that was the name of it. But when you just say, oh, you should just get a target date fund and that'll be perfect for or you. Or better yet, get a TDF. I don't know what that means. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. And I always feel so dumb to be like, I don't know what that means. Can you help me? But. But. What? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot about why the industry uses these terms because they are so off-putting. I mean, I've had, you know, I, uh, I've had people ask me, well, I, you know, my husband says I should get out of this small cap fund, and I don't even know what that is. Yeah, large cap. Somebody said large okay, cap fund to me well, the other day, and I was like, I it's don't know about that. the market capitalization of the company, the price of each individual share of stock times the number of shares of stock out in the market equals the market capitalization of the company. If that's a big number, it's a large capitalization, large cap. <laughs> 
Nobody's ever explained that before. If it's a small, to me, the more you know, total dollar amount, it's a small cap stock. Mm. It's amazing. It's not, but you could just say that. Yeah. Yeah. Stock of a larger company. Right. <laughs> I love it. That's so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. So how, you've been doing this for two years? About two years, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. what did you do before that? So before that, I had this long career in journalism. I was a business and personal finance journalist, and That's I wrote so cool. for the New York Times, Business Week, CNBC, uh -huh. and it was really when I started writing about personal finance that I realized this was my place. This was where I could really make a difference. I always, as a journalist, was in it to help people get information they needed to know to live their lives, and mm -hmm. I realized personal finance is very directly about that. But then I also came to realize that a lot of people are out there writing about personal finance and writing at women also about personal finance. Mm -hmm. And we know that women have, there's the persistent wage gap and therefore that impedes women's ability to save for the future. Mm -hmm. And as you discussed, women don't like to talk about money. So they have all these sort of things working against them. And there were lots of talking heads talking at women and men about you should do this and you should do this and you should do this well all well and good but if you don't even know where to start and you just feel overwhelmed and you're going to internalize that lack of action yeah and that's when the light bulb went off for me and I said I need to do something else I need to be working with women in a different way so not just with the capability I will help people with financial capability any day of the week I mean I have a graduate business degree and I'm a CFA but and I do do that, but before that, I work on women's money mindsets so that they can build the confidence and start believing in their ability to deal with their money in a constructive way. That's amazing. Where do you even start with something like that? At the beginning? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like somebody walks in the door, you're like, you are smart, you are important. You oh are, my you God. Know, like, where, how do you start that? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, if it's a lifetime of systematic breakdown, where do you build back up? Right. Yeah. Well, one way to think about it is, or one one approach that sometimes helps people is, uh, I will say that the women I have worked with are they're incredible people, right? They're authors, they're business people, they're lawyers, they're um, media folks. They're they're really accomplished women. But they have this sort of, and they know that they're capable, 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 money, capable, capable, capable. Oh, and so, man. but so what yeah. that means is that there are other areas of their life where they're performing at a very successful level. Mm -hmm. And so we work on what makes that, what makes them successful there. Mm -hmm. What do they bring there? You know, how are they in relation to a challenge there? Like, what do they, you know, when they walk in, what, 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 how do they how do they have confidence in that situation and then we try and find a way to translate that to their money and it could take different forms for any woman because they've they've sort of got a secret sauce that works for them in different contexts and and everybody's is unique and then and then we can sort of work on okay so that's a data point that's a clue mm -hmm. there's a strength there let's see if we can find something there that could help you here mm -hmm. So interesting. I remember when I got a divorce and I um, had to create a budget for the first time all by myself using just my money. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many mistakes I made because I didn't know what I was doing mm -hmm. and I didn't have anybody guiding me and I didn't have anybody that I, I could ask questions to, ask questions of. And so <laughs> I was Googling a yeah. lot and not really getting anywhere because Google is it's wonderful, it's huge, but it's not always um, succinct. No. 
and when you need a quick right, answer. Right, right. Encyclopedic is sometimes a two-edged sword. Seriously, yeah. So I wish I had known what you do. <laughs> but now you've succeeded. I have, yeah. Through a lot of trial and error, I'm at a place where I'm financially stable, in a really, right. really good place. And, you know, when I first got divorced, I was really afraid. I had a lot of insecurity about money and whether or not I could afford to live the life that I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. And it became really clear really quickly that it was all about choices. Like, I could mm -hmm. afford to do whatever I wanted to do as long as what I wanted to do was reasonable. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as right. long as... I, right. couldn't, I couldn't take 10 vacations a year. It's probably not reasonable. But you could take a couple. I could take a couple. Really good, nice vacations and still afford to like pay the rent. Put more thought and energy into planning those and make them really stand out. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was really interesting. And mm -hmm. yeah, so anyway, this, mm -hmm. this thing about money is something I've been thinking about a long time. Yeah. Women that actually, that point about the choices is something, that's one of the things that I work on with um, high school students and college students is um, we do this budget exercise where we look at this woman who's got this job and it pays well, mm -hmm. but she doesn't love it. And she's actually spending more than she's earning. Thank you, credit cards. And then, <laughs> but she's she's That's discovered there, there's this job that she really wants with a nonprofit that just, it's a passion mm -hmm. job for her. It really just makes her heart go pitter-patter. So what happens is that the people in my workshop have to figure out, okay, how can she get from here to here? They have her budget and they have to figure out, okay, so what can she cut? What can she change? What are the luxuries that you can cut? And there are life? no right answers. There right. are lots of choices you can make. Do you want a roommate? Do you want to move to a smaller apartment? Do you need a car? You know. Yeah. What kind of car do you need? Right. Do you need the SUV or do you want the little one? Right. 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 What is all this travel and how does that relate to your spending on family and friends? Mm -hmm. What so and what about student debt pay down? Mm -hmm. How about credit card payments? Can you accelerate those at all? Yeah. So so all of those are there's no one right answer and different people come up with different solutions. Yep. But that's part of helping them see that you can be in charge of this. You can find a path that works for you. Mm -hmm. And that's, it can be a confidence builder to be successful at that. Absolutely. Which it sounds like you found. 100%, yeah. I really, I started the process feeling very afraid. And I am two years into the process feeling really good. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's not simple. I mean, no. the other thing is that, <laughs> no. You know, if, if you can build money habits like budgeting and, right. and keeping track early on, it makes a huge difference because before you know it, your financial life gets complicated. You finish college, you get your first 401k, and then maybe you have a healthcare spending account or mm -hmm. a flexible spending account. And then, you know, maybe then you buy a place or you have a car loan, you know, and you add in all these different financial things going on that the complexity multiplies. Mm -hmm. And so to build that muscle of keeping track and budgeting its own when you're already there at the level of complexity is it's, no mean feat. No, you're totally right. And I would say that um, the, the thing that helped the most with the fear was feeling control. Yeah. So creating a spreadsheet, you know, I love Excel. People know about my love affair with Excel. <laughs> so I have like uh, one tab that is the, the annual month by month budget and then the next tab is all of January's expenditures and what are the reimbursables so this is the, the total of what I've spent this is my net income and this is what the surplus or deficit is and then that gets rolled into the next month yep. and so every single month like to be able to look at that in black and white created so much comfort just mastery yeah. yeah which we should call mystery <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, not to belabor the point, but it was just, um, I feel like it's a thing that 
nobody teaches you unless you're lucky enough to go to one of these schools where mm. you have, I mean, I went to a, a private Catholic school in the 90s, you know, and we were taught how to balance checkbook mm -hmm. and we were given a theoretical budget that was, I say theoretical because the, the annual salary that we were given was like $25,000 a year. Wow. Not realistic, right? Mm. So like, how do you, I mean, realistic for some people, but we were in a private Catholic school. They it was considered a prep school at the time. Right. We were all expected to go to college and yeah. do better than $25,000 a year. And so it's funny that they chose a number like that and they said, okay, now figure out your entertainment. Figure well, out I think your the food. idea is to like instill upon people, you know, that you don't really have this infinite amount of money and you can't do You're whatever right. you want. And, you know, if you had been given like $80,000 and, you know. You're probably right. $200,000. But and as a high school like student, somebody says 80000 and you think, whoa. I know. I'm on the gravy train. So, <laughs> yes. so 25 might have felt more. In line. That you had to deal with constraints. Right. Plus it was the but 90s. It I, mean, I don't know what inflation has been like. but you know. <laughs> No, that's true. But also I feel like. Um, to your point, if somebody had said to me, you're likely to make $80,000 when you graduate with your four-year, I would not have known what that meant. Right. That would not have made, right. it, it would have, you would, you would be making bananas. You have it no context It would have made exactly it. the same. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, should we shout out the banana? Shout out the banana. <laughs> this is Kelly's idea, by the way. I'm <laughs> just going to put that out there. Yeah, but we were talking about, uh, what should we use for well, I thought it might be a valuable artwork. It is, actually. You know, it people is. are always telling us that we should put a pizza down in the middle of the table That's and like, right. eat that while we go. The banana, I mean, it's, if you'd like some, it's it's right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so also, it's a bit of a science experiment. Should we? Oh, you want to do the thing? Why not, right? right here. So we'll, we'll see if by the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I signed the banana with my fingernail <laughs> for it's those a listening. thing, apparently, that you can write on the banana with your fingernail, and then as it ages, the brown spot is going to come out, and then it'll say whatever it is that you wrote. So this is the experiment that we're... I mean, you never know. Like, bananas, they, they can go like that. You know, you'll be looking at a purely white, uh, not white, yellow banana right. for like three days, and then you come in the next morning and it's like mushy and brown. Gross. Yeah. I think somebody somebody should have a race on their countertop between a banana and an avocado and see Ooh. which one goes through its freshness cycle ah. faster. That's a genius idea. Right. We should try Avocados are finicky. I know they are. That's your next centerpiece. And <laughs> just have like some <laughs> random piece of fruit in the middle of the table. <laughs> Every single episode. That's a great idea. We mm. should totally do that. All right. So I think we're going to take a quick break. Sure. And then when we come back, we're going to play Awful or Awesome. Awesome. Okay. We are back and we're going to play a game called Awful or Awesome. But first, I have to do a quick shout out to uh, Vinny's boss, Bob Considine. Excellent guy. He is. He's a pretty good guy. He's not great at cleaning out closets, but he's he's pretty good. Is that letters. true? I, I didn't even know <laughs> that about him. <laughs> we, we recently cleaned out a storage area here in the building, oh. and it is to his benefit, to your benefit, yeah. and he apparently was not available it's to It's going help. to become the new NJBIA studio. That's right. Yeah. Soon, we will not be in Spoiler this space. Spoiler alert, right? Soon. Anyway, so you might remember that in Bob's episode, um, we were busting him ever so slightly because of his love of yacht rock. Um, yeah. And I had some people over, some friends over over the weekend for game night, and Vinny and his wife were there. And as a joke, I put on Yacht Rock, 
and I loved it. Yeah, we were we were definitely rocking out. We were yeah, rocking out to yeah, the yacht. Rocking it out. Yeah. If there is such a thing as rocking out to Light FM, yeah. that's what we did. Yacht rock there were out. a lot of songs that I didn't expect to be Same. Yacht Rock, you know. Same. For those who don't know, Yacht Rock is, you know, like in case you didn't listen to that episode, go oh, ahead. How would we Light FM? I think of it as just nineties, eighties and nineties light FM. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's the music that my mom used to listen to when I was growing up, and so it makes me nostalgic for her. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. How would you describe it? That way. That way? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right down to the music my parents listened to when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, shout out to Bob. Um, all right, so now for the game. I'm going to name three things, and we have to decide quickly if they're awful or awesome, and be prepared to defend your answers. Okay. Ready? Yes. First up, Martha Stewart. Feel free to be honest. I don't really have much of an opinion on Martha Stewart. How? I don't know. Like, Come you know, on. Just, I'm not, I, I don't even know if she has a show or a She's, magazine or whatever. Are you but kidding? Like, I've she, never really been interested to find out how I'm supposed to like fold my doilies or, you know, like, so I, I haven't I really thought of that. You're not her demographic, I I'm suppose. I'm not, I'm not, but. I get, I get uh, it. All right, well, I think she's awful. Okay. <laughs> and, and I went through a small period where, um, I stopped thinking that. I just feel like she is the biggest know-it-all on earth, and I hate listening to her talk because of that. But then I heard her on NPR, and somebody said, is it ever hard for you to like, not correct people because she's such a know-it-all? And she talked about how she was watching somebody once on a cooking show take the seeds out of a pomegranate, and they were doing heard, it. This was on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Yes, me. it I was. The same thing. And she they were doing it wrong and she said it was literally painful for her to not help them because that's what she thinks of it is helping them and my cold cold heart melted for an instant like one little second and I was like ah I've been there I understand I, I get it but then yeah like you know that her her cookbooks are purposely wrong so that you keep buying more cookbooks is that like, true yes wait wait whoa like she My mind is blown. I so know. how do you deliberately <laughs> screw up a cookbook? She puts in the wrong information so that you can never have it as perfect as hers. That's weird. I'm just saying. Like, wait, wait, wait. No, that's, so, it's hearsay, but somebody that I uh, know who is a really good cook has done multiple experimentations and has said it's they're impossible. And she she does them on purpose. It's impossible to correctly make like to make the dish work like to make it as perfect as hers, following her directions. But we don't know what hers tastes like. Yeah, all you ever see of hers is photoshopped. All right. right, yeah. What about on, on a cooking show? But on the cooking show, like you, you know, you only see like you don't taste it. I don't know. They have food styles. Yeah. Anyway, I've monopolized. You go. <laughs> Tell me. I will say that I have held on to, for several years, one of those special interest magazines that Martha Stewart put out of Christmas cookie recipes. Mm -hmm. And a number of them are quite good. Oh. Other than that, awful. Yeah. Just, I think she makes too many women feel bad yes. about stuff that there's no reason to bother feeling that way about. Yep. And, you know, every time I think about the whole M-Clone scandal, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just another example of a person in her s stratosphere not getting in trouble, doing something that if you or I did it... But she did get in trouble, right? Yeah, she but she went arrested. to white-collar... she didn't get that the rules applied to her, too. Yeah. Correct. She went to, like, white-collar prison. Wasn't it a house arrest or something? No, she went to prison. I mean, maybe she I'm wrong prison, about but that. It was yeah. like she went to prison. She got all these women crafting or something. I don't know. 
That's adorable. Actually, <laughs> the the character on Orange is the New Black yes, was inspired. Judy Kane, yeah. It was inspired by Martha Stewart. That made sense. Yeah. I was imagine. Did you ever see the second Bridget Jones movie? No, I don't think so. Yeah, like. Um, they basically she goes to jail in that movie and they cut to like that and it's them singing like kumbaya or whatever you know around in a circle and I'm just imagining that to like what you see of prison in like Oz or something it's yeah. like you know God yeah. I can't even imagine that yeah, yeah. but I mean it's, yeah I, I don't have much of an opinion about her I mean it it seems awful that she's making people feel bad and you know yeah. Yeah. I much prefer to think of her as the Anna Gasteyer character from Saturday Night Live I don't know Anna Gasteyer um on Saturday Night Live did a bit multiple times as Martha Stewart and it was oh. way funnier and more interesting than Martha Stewart Martha herself. Woman. Yeah, Martha the Woman. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I guess Saturday Night Live is usually funnier than real life. Hmm. Right? Sure, yeah. Maybe. Anyway. It's the whole right. goal of the show, right? Indeed. Yeah. Alright. Next one, the fire movement. And I think you said you're not familiar with it. I am now, but for the purposes, you know, I you explained it to yes. me. So go ahead and tell our audience. Well, I can't remember what F and I stand for. Financially independent. Thank you. Financially Either that or financial independence, but those. Correct. Yeah. So fire movement stands for financial independence. Retire early, um, and it's an interesting phenomenon that I was not aware of until like two or three months ago, and it it blew my mind when I heard somebody on a podcast talking about it, and I did a bunch of research on it, and I thought. How is this even feasible? How are people even able to, like, you must living, they must be living on pennies. Like, all of, so say you make $5,000 a month. They would argue you should save 3000 and live on the 2000 Like, and that 2000 includes rent. Everything. Food, mm. clothes, everything. Right. Yeah, so I, I want to say awesome, but I think it creates some unrealistic expectations, much like Martha Stewart. And so, <laughs> there's a theme here. There, there might be a theme here. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? You're the financial person. So I'm gonna. I can't go totally awful or totally awesome, but okay. I will say on the plus side that I think it's great uh, to have anything going on that's sort of in the air about planning for the future right. for folks who are typically people who are doing fire are 20s, 30s, because the goal is to retire really young. So, so. What's really young? Like 40. Wow. I know. 45, 35, really right. young. Really young. But you do it by saving 50 to 75% of your income. But I, I don't even see how the math could work on that. Because well, let, let's just say, for example. That's part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> because think what your income would have to be. Right. To be exactly. able to live yeah, yeah, yeah. in New Jersey yeah. on a quarter of it. Right. Well, not even just that, but let's just say I did keep 75% of it and I worked for 20 years, mm -hmm. 15 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, it depends on when you get in the market, right. but like if you work for 15 years and you're banking 75% of your salary, then inflation kicks in, you know, like yeah. rising costs of living. Yeah. You know, that could last like another 10, 20 years. I don't know. I'm I'm not good at this it's, kind of math, but it doesn't seem like it would stretch well, out. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, especially I think, with life I, yeah. expectancy. So this is one of the concerns I have, that I think it presupposes that you can figure out at 40 what your needs are going to be. Yeah. And life has a way of throwing curveballs, as we all know. Yeah. Right? So J.P. Morgan did a study of, I don't remember the base, but it was just older workers. And they asked them, uh, how long do you expect to work? Under 65 until less than 65 or over 65? And three quarters of them, more or less, said over 65. But the, in reality, about three quarters of them were out before 65. 
Really? Which is not to say they suddenly got financially independent. They could have gotten Let laid go. off. Yeah. They mm -hmm. could have gotten sick. Their partner could have gotten sick. They could have had to go care for an elderly parent. Right. Life throws curveballs. Yeah. And that's not even accounting for, we don't know what's going to happen with Social Security. We or don't know what care. our health care is going to yeah. look like. So it, I think it's really hard to come up with a number at age 40 or 45 that you know will see you through. Mm -hmm. I've seen some FIRE folks talking about a number being 25 times your monthly expenses, you know, your, your spend, right? But I don't, I will say, and I'm just going to geek out for a minute, but there was an, there's a rule of thumb that is really at this point only kind of a starting point to think about what you can spend in retirement, which said that you could draw down 4% a year, mm -hmm. and that would get you through 25 years, right? more or less. So that's not the way a lot of people think about it right now because markets go up and markets go down and there are years when it's better and worse to take money yeah. out. Yeah. And also, we live longer in retirement now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that 4% number is, mm -hmm. that's what that, that 25 times is about that. Yep. I've, I've walked, I, I've read articles that have walked me through that math and you're right. So if you are able to save, 25 times your annual expenses because you expect to live 25 years post-retirement, that number works out to be 4% per year. Yeah. I don't I don't know how they did them. I don't know what, what mathematician, magician <laughs> did hmm. that, but it works and it is bizarre to me. And, and now in my head, I'm like, 25 times my annual salary? No, 25 times what you... My annual expenses, that's yeah. right, that's right, I'm sorry, not sorry. But even but so, that's still a big number. It's like, a big number. I think it's yeah. And and healthcare, like all right. So when you're working, you're usually getting your healthcare through your employer, exactly. and it's not free. Correct. In most cases. Correct. But you are getting it at like a discounted rate. Very the minute safe, you yeah. retired early, you're probably not in some it's kind on of like you. A, yeah. yeah, it's on you. Healthcare costs rise. What is it? Three times the rate of inflation. Yeah. Um, it's been slowing, but. But they but a lot. they do rise, yeah, and, and also particularly when you're older, yeah. they rise definitely more than inflation because you're using it more. You use it more, yeah. And it's been in such flux lately, regardless of where you are on the political spectrum. Totally. Like we are in a place where great deal of healthcare is, yeah, they're yeah. trying to overhaul it, they're trying to make changes. You don't know, you exactly. know, you don't know where it's going to be in like five, ten years. So yeah. I mean, I will say in the awesome column, I think the notion of getting twenty and thirty somethings to think about saving aggressively and planning for the future is great. Yep. I will also say in terms of the reality thing, there's that issue of how much would you have to make to be able mm -hmm. to actually put that away. Yeah. And then the other piece about just being able to live is we know from a lot of surveys that employees are massively financially stressed. That's yeah. like their number one stress is finances. And one of their biggest issues is day-to-day -day cash flow. Hmm. And okay, another data point, um, when a an employer has a, a 401k plan that they automatically enroll workers into, which is more and more employers, where you sign, you, you, know, you sign your contract, you go to work there, and they automatically put you in the retirement yeah. plan. They put a certain percentage of your salary, mm -hmm. and about three quarters of employers, that percentage is 5% or less. Yeah. So that's, if that's all you save, that's 5% or less mm -hmm. of your check, right? And people are feeling cash flow stress. Yeah. So how do you get from that to saving fifty to seventy-five percent of your take home? I can't even imagine. And and then um, I'm thinking about the data point uh, to use your word that most Americans could not afford a four hundred dollar emergency right. situation. Right. Like if your washer and dryer goes, and you have to get a new one. Right. Like what do you what do you, you don't have four hundred dollars cash just sitting in a bank? That's terrifying. Yeah. 
Yeah, and a dishwasher isn't four hundred dollars no, either. So it's yeah. not. Yeah. Ugh. Mine broke like a few weeks ago, and I've been doing it by hand ever since. And I'm like, it's not that I couldn't afford it. Right. It's just you know like figuring it out. You'd like to think doing. like you know you'll get I don't know, but yeah, like in a situation where you're keeping yourself. You made the analogy of two thousand dollars a month with the rent with or the mortgage. You know, not car insurance. No. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you that I think it's awesome that it gets people thinking and it gets, it creates conversations. Early, because yes. early saving is incredibly powerful, right? If you start saving right. in your 20s, that's turbocharging your future retirement security yeah. because that money has so much more time to grow. Mm -hmm. There's a scene in the, the latest season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel mm -hmm. where the two parents kind of figure out, like, they're unemployed and... They're like, this is how much time we have left that we're allowed to be alive based on the amount of money that we have. And he's like, I get to live five more years. And the wife was like, I get to live seven. You know, it's just like, <laughs> that's that's such a sad way to think about it. But like, yeah. I forgot about that scene, but you're totally right. Mm. God. All right. Abe I think, yeah. Yeah, even Rose. <laughs> such a good show. Mm. All right, last one. It's kind of a random one, but you like cooking. So I, I assume you're going to have strong feelings. <laughs> Chef Boyardee. Oh my God. Yeah. I have not thought about Chef Boyardee in <laughs> years. I will tell well, you, I never work. fed my children Chef Boyardee. Good for you. I ate it as a child. <laughs> I liked it when I was seven. Right. Right. But I. That was a couple years ago. Distinctly. <laughs> I distinctly remember. One day, I'm like leaning away. From I know. You. I'm sorry. Wow. I have strong feelings. <laughs> you and your chef Boyardee. Right. So I distinctly remember liking it, and then the next time somebody tried to give it to me, I was like, "What is this slap? <laughs> I'm not eating mm. this. It was not good." <laughs> but I, yeah, I ate it as a child and enjoyed it. And then there was a moment when somebody tried to give it to me as a preteen, maybe, and I was like, "No." Preteen. So not even teen. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, it was probably like nine or ten, mm. and I was just like, "No." Is it still? Does it still around? Yeah, yeah it's still around. It's a of thing still. Yeah. Wow. I know. It's like one of those foods that you expect to find in a bomb shelter. Yeah. I wonder how long it lasts. Maybe it could be. <laughs> I think it does. I think it's like spam or corned beef hash or I something. I bet it does. I bet oh. it lasts for. I know. Foods like that honestly are a little terrifying. Yes. Like, would you like some botulism today? I figured it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Anyway, uh, what do you think? I'm gonna. I, I don't know if I would go as far as awesome, right. but not as the disgusting, gross, awful that the two of you are throwing out there. You know, it's it's soup. I, I don't know. Like, no, it's yeah. not soup. It's well, like it's fake like something spaghetti. similar. It's fake spaghetti. spaghetti. Yes, yeah, spaghetti. Yeah. I, I think it's soup because and chemical laden sauce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I. Yeah, the one I like it's is the, the Garden one. State money. Got to go for fresh. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I I liked it. I wouldn't <laughs> right. say it was awesome. Right. The one I like the most is the things with the little meatballs, not the big meatballs, but the little meatballs. I remember the little meatballs. And I always wished this is an idea for <laughs> Chef Boyardee. If you are out there listening to this show and you work for Chef Boyardee or one of their competitors, free idea here. I just wanted a can of only the meatballs and they don't sell that. <laughs> they sell the big ones, but not the little ones. And the little ones taste differently and it matters. Yeah. Okay. No, I totally agree. So you don't need the, the fake pasta at all. You right, just, just want... the little meatballs in the sauce. Huh. Free idea. Is that like Keto Boyardee? Wow. Maybe. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy like 20 of them today. Today, Costco. I would go out today. Yeah. You want a case? Yeah, I want a case. <laughs> yeah. And then I want more because I know that like the 
people are gonna be like, wow, that's weird, and they're not gonna buy it, and then it's gonna go out of print or whatever yeah. you would call it, and yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna have to go the rest of my life. I have thought about buying like six or seven cans, taking the little meatballs out, and just like combining them into one bowl, but I feel like that's excessive. That's pretty wasteful. You would be wasting, mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote food. Maybe I would eat the rest <laughs> of it later. Put the, the pasta into a Tupperware, that can be like a crappy day where I'm not eating any of the meatballs, you know, but like that one day with the meatballs, that would be glorious. Glori like, okay. Glorious? I'm sorry. Uh, it's me, been a while since I've had them, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna, go, I'm gonna double you. down and I'm gonna defend. I'm not gonna back off. Are I'm you, not backing down. Sorry, right, so. I have to ask a follow-up question. Sure. Are you saying that a bowl full of mini Chef Boyardee meatballs would be better than real, actual, homemade meatballs? Yes, no. but, 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 not because it would actually be better, but because like I could always, get, like I could go out right now and find a place that'll serve me like a bowl of meatballs. But like, you know, <laughs> the fact that I can't go out there and get like a bowl of Chef Boyardee meatballs means that it's like, you know, it's like the forbidden fruit almost, but not like, cause I could do it if I had the time. You like know? normally we have such a meeting of the minds and I'm just not with you right now. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm not backing down. Chef right, I'm standing divide. my ground right here. Chef Boyardee. Not awesome. Not awful. Somewhere in the middle, leaning towards awesome. Inaccurate. Yeah. I, wow. Okay. And again, it's the little meatballs. You know, like the pasta, I could take it or leave it. But, you know, in the sauce. I don't even know what to say to you right now. I, I think it's my turn to talk, right? I think it's right? your turn to talk. <laughs> it's a good thing that it's your turn to talk. My good God. All right. Yeah, so this is, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is the point in the show where we ask our um, guest for advice that they could give to, you know, younger or not even younger, just anybody else yeah. out there. And we try to tailor it to each person. So this is the new year. This is the first episode we're filming in 2020. Mm -hmm. You know, you got a lot of people out there making New Year's resolutions, trying to turn mm -hmm. their lives around, you know, trying to make different choices. Let's just say you've got some people listening to this show who are like, I, I, I really could be making better choices with my money, mm -hmm. but I don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. What would be like a good thing you could throw out there to be like, here's some low-hanging fruit, sort of like where you begin the journey? So can I talk about something that I'm putting out on social media? You can media talk about right? whatever yeah, you want. I don't, yeah. Okay. Well, I've come up with this five-part system. I call it the bonus system for sort of achieving greater financial health. It has five parts, B-O-N-U-S. You're giving yourself a bonus with these moves, and they are proven to reduce your financial stress and help you just feel better about your money. And I am posting about these on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, I started last week, and I'm doing it all this week. And we're up to O so far. And, and we'll go up tomorrow. All right. All right, so you say it's on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? That is at KKellyHolland. And the trick there is that Kelly has two E's. Mm -hmm. So it's K-K-E-L-L-E-Y-H-O-L-L-A-N-D. Okay. And then on LinkedIn, Kelly's the same way, Kelly Holland. Okay. Excellent. All right. That's and awesome. you can also find them on my blog on my website, which is www.ownyourdestinycoaching.com. So let's say, you know, somebody wants to get a hold of you, you know, take advantage of these services, you mm -hmm. know, what, the website I'm imagining. You know, yeah, the, web. the website's a great place. You can email me, kelly at ownyourdestinycoaching.com. I do offer consultations, um, com short, 30-minute uh, complimentary consultations if you're considering coaching, and I would love to hear from you. There's no time like now to get started feeling better about your money. That's true. Mm. That's true. Anything coming up you want to promote? So we don't have a date for this yet, but uh, in the works is an event we're calling Women, Wine, and Wealth. 
and what we uh, I want an I've, invite to that. A sommelier friend, wine educator friend, and I are putting together this event. I will talk about money moves that you can do to um, to just get yourself in a healthy place, and then my friend Julie will be talking about wines. They will actually be wallet-friendly wines in keeping with mm -hmm. the theme of the evening, and we'll be doing a little tasting and a little chatting, and it should be great. We haven't quite landed on a venue. We're considering a couple of really awesome places in Montclair, but if you go on my website and you check out my social media, it'll all be posted, and you'll see when it is and how to get um, how to get there. Awesome. awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, I think that might be our show. That's our show. All right. I'm so glad because the last couple times I've said that, you've been like, no. Well, like, the last couple times I said it, you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I'm relieved. Yeah. To I mean, me. Except for that last time where I was just messing with you. That's you remember true. that? I was like, yeah, no, that's that's not it. And You're then so you like frantically looked at the script, I and I was like, like yeah, no. that's why I have a script. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He keeps trying to take it away from me. It's not happening. I'm, I'm just saying, you know. I need it. Make for less clutter. You know, the banana would have stood out more on the table here, if, you know. I don't think the banana is feeling like a second banana. I think the banana. Second banana. It's a top banana. It's, it's a top, top banana. banana. <laughs> and you can kind of see. I'm gonna. It's only been like what a half an hour. Uh huh. You can actually kind of see where oh I my signed God. my name in this thing. This banana didn't start completely yellow to begin with, like yeah. it was turning a little bit, but you can definitely you see. You actually can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a Ouija board. It yeah. is. I mean, my signature's a little like crazy, so you know, mm -hmm. you can see, but yeah. Very cool. So, fun science experiment you can do at home. We could like tack on little like Bill Nye like experiments at the end of each show. <laughs> yeah, we need one more. It could more be like our centerpiece, you know, there'd be like, people will listen, there'd be like three rubber bands and like an empty two liter bottle of Coke on the table. Today! Do the Coke and the baking soda and make a little bottle. Exactly. Oh my gosh. It'll be my little parting gift to this room, you know, before we leave for the new studio. <laughs> to ruin the carpet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure the next, uh, the next people who visit the room will be really happy with exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our subscribers. We appreciate the love. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp. So if you need some updated coverage, check them out. And finally, thank you to Kelly Holland it's from Own Your Destiny. Pleasure. It was so fun to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. See you next time. Bye.